When you were playing that record, what were you thinking? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Take 25. I'm your host, Luke Irvin. And here at Take 25, I sit down and have conversations with other creatives and entrepreneurs, and we all have one thing in common. We're all connected to Arkansas in some way. Now, before I get into the guest for today's episode, I'd like to ask that if you are new here, please consider subscribing, uh, following, liking, all of that good stuff. Uh, let me know in the comments below, are you watching this on YouTube or are you listening to this on one of your favorite podcasts? Just really curious to see how everyone is discovering this podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Josiah Dickens, who is the owner of Blue Box Studios here in Arkansas. Um, this is a small little video shop that he started that he runs with his wife, and they've built up a little team, and they are just um, doing some cool things. So we dive a lot into his story of you know where he got a lot of his uh, creative inspiration, what led him to video and some other things as well. So really fun episode. I've uh, been chatting with Josiah for a while. Um, it's been good to get to know him, and I really enjoyed um, the conversation that we had. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with myself and Josiah. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, we've been chatting about this for a while. So um, um, we're going to get into your video business for sure. But uh, where I like to start things out is kind of like at the beginning is of, of people's stories. So I'm curious, you know, we've been getting to know each other for a while now, but one thing we haven't really gotten into is, uh, are you from Arkansas originally? Were you, were you kind of growing up here or were you, did oh, you yeah. relocate here? Yeah. Uh, I was originally born, well, obviously in Little Rock in the hospital there, but, uh, but I was raised and literally lived in almost my entire life, uh, Greenbrier, Arkansas. Yeah. Spring Hill actually right between Conway and Greenbrier. So I got a little bit of both. Um, but yeah, I've never, I've never really stepped outside until I became an adult, got married and I moved to, uh, Iowa for about six months, uh, campaigning for Rand Paul. And then I moved to Las Vegas uh, to continue campaigning for him for about three or four months. So I've only lived out of the, out of the state for those, uh, those brief periods. Oh, wow. That's a short sprint. Yeah. I haven't even gotten into this on any of the past episodes because it's really interesting. Like, um, I wasn't even born in Arkansas. I, I relocated here, but my parents grew up here. So we already right. had like, it's one of those situations where I had so much family here. Right. Um, uh, especially on my mom's side. So yeah, the first few years of my life was in Texas and then moved here. Um, that's cool. So growing up, because so I grew up in Hope. Uh, which is a pretty small town. So it seems like we both kind of grew up in small towns. Growing up, um, were you into like creative things? Uh, yeah, did you so dabble with anything creative? I was homeschooled, but I went to like a co-op and there was a lot of uh, a lot of people there that, that were sort of creative. And I kind of like really wanted to get in into that group, uh, not specifically in my academy, but more so in the homeschool community. Homeschoolers are known to be notoriously like creative and like, kind of out there and uh and I remember the first time I really got into it and like wanted to do it was uh when I watched a Julian Smith video uh who's a he's an old YouTube comedy sketch uh guy mm -hmm. but it, it, one of his first videos was before he did comedy sketches was he took an old jeep and uh just set up microphones all over the jeep and then mm -hmm. made a song with the different sounds from the jeep and I remember bringing it to school to co-op and and being like hey guys we should do something like this this would be awesome 
and uh, I was like, we could we could be YouTubers and da da da, da. and everyone was just kind of like, nah, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so it kind of it kind of just kind of killed the dream for a while I kind of was just like mm, okay maybe maybe it's just I can't do it on, I didn't feel like I could do it on my own and uh but me and my sister we we, we made little videos and uh did lots of plays growing up uh there was a lot of plays that mm-hmm. uh, we put on for family and friends uh so that was kind of acting and just kind of being a goofball was kind of part of my growing up so it turned into wanting to be an entertainer to some extent which i've never succeeded at yet but it's still mm-hmm. still in the works I'm, having three kids kind of slows that down <laughs> you can still do it i mean yeah. you just look at like all the stuff we have access to today like yeah there's no telling what you could do man that's crazy so julian smith so this is going to show age difference a little bit because there's what about 10 years between us um yeah because i i remember all of his early stuff and this was I think I was just in college when he was uh, blowing up on YouTube. Um, I think I did get to engage with him a little bit on Twitter back and forth, mm-hmm. but he was someone I always wanted to meet. Um, you know, th- his kind of story is really fascinating to me because it's like uh, there's a there's a handful of YouTubers I followed growing up that like were hitting these highs and then they would just disappear. And he kind of right. did that. You know, he was yeah. doing like, his thing and then all of a sudden he just kind of ghosted everyone and um you know i think he went you know i think a lot of these people end up instead of being more independent they go more commercial routes and stop doing like their content uh you know the only one i've seen that's kind of like made the biggest transition would be like donald glover like starting off on youtube doing sketches and then eventually transitioning to tv and film whereas like someone like julian just kind of like what happens to this guy yeah yeah (laughs) uh but julian smith was actually really good friends at one point at least i think uh pretty good friends with blimey cow the two brothers in tennessee uh because they both lived in tennessee and then he moved to uh, his whole channel and everything changed when he moved to california uh Mm -hmm. he like he wanted to be i think he wanted to be a director i think that was like his goal and uh he moved off and but yeah i'm actually a pretty decent friends with uh the blimey cow guys mm-hmm. um they're they're really cool the both brothers and super creative um and kevin mccurry who does uh film reviews on youtube and whatnot mm-hmm. but yeah um all like i said there was like a big a big group of homeschoolers across the country that kind of were doing these youtube channels and different mm-hmm. things you know lego animations uh like stop motion yeah and like all these different things just across the board uh and i thought it was really fascinating and i really wanted to get in you know i wanted to be one of the one of the mm-hmm. early ones on youtube but i just never could find the uh the the discipline probably to be honest mm-hmm. and uh and the i wanted to have more people in on it like that the supported it and i was just kind of alone so mm-hmm. i just never did it uh but uh, i still have a, a some sort of a dream to entertain people and now that i'm because i've become a filmmaker it's transitioned into more of a, okay, I, I think I want to like tell people stories yeah. um, and entertain people that way. Uh, one of my biggest passions is like kind of a docu-film on just random people. I want to mm-hmm. do, uh, do a series of docu-films on people from all over the country and world that are just completely random, chosen for no reason at all, uh, literally completely random, not mm-hmm. uh, where I just walk up to the door with a camera and I do a docu-film on their life, mm-hmm. um, whatever they're willing to share. Um, 
it's a it, it's it's something that keeps coming back to me too mm -hmm. uh, because every time I go travel, I'll like see random uh, people in these little towns, and I'm like, I feel like they've got a story, mm -hmm. and that's that's something that's always been there. I went to a big yeah. city. I was in Georgia during COVID in uh, uh, Atlanta, and uh, I saw these. It was like really deserted because of COVID. Mm -hmm. But like I saw all these homeless people, and I was just like, I want to talk to these people, and like you know, yeah, that's so that's, that's been a big thing for me. Yeah, that's been that's been crossing my mind here lately. Is um, seeing you know, it's the unfortunate thing of like getting a higher number of like homelessness here in our area. But like, it's one of those like I would love to just go sit down with them and kind of hear their story and kind of understand like you know what happened to stuff. Mm -hmm. There was uh, someone. Um, I don't know if he's still working on this. We had worked on, um, I think his name's, I think it was Jordan, my friend Jordan. Um, we were uh, some kind of startup competition and uh, he- uh, Just realized that we're, if you, there's mowing sound in the background, that's uh, uh, the, the mowing people just decided to show up right now. <laughs> oh, it's no worries. Um, right. um, yeah, mowing people came here yesterday. They may come, I don't know if they're supposed to come today for flower bed stuff, but anyway. But no, my friend, uh, um, my acquaintance Jordan um we had did a startup competition and he was working on something I think it was called bold folks home but the idea was to go to nursing homes and create like a docu-series where they tell their stories you know so much of that is like you look at like that community a lot of them like you know some in some cases their family just kind of leaves them there you know, mm -hmm. and so they're lonely, so they need someone to talk to, but they all have stories to tell. Mm -hmm. So it was a way to kind of like the idea was like to turn them into more like celebrity type figures mm -hmm. and let them share their stories, which I thought was really fascinating. Don't know if he's still working on it, though, but I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea because uh, I so another backstory, I grew up doing elder care in my home. My parents, my dad was a nurse and my parents were missionaries and they came home. And uh, had to take care of his mother, uh, who was bedfast. And mm -hmm. uh, my dad decided just to do it as a business and uh, a ministry. And so he opened his home to doing elder care. And I grew up doing that since I was one. That's when we started that. So we did that till I was 20-something years old. Uh, so I grew up with that. And talk about stories. Like, these people have so many stories and uh, so much to, to teach. Uh, and then whenever I went campaigning, uh, we would go to the, yeah, I'd knock on doors, you know, that's what I was doing. I was knocking on doors, uh, getting paid really good money to do it. But, uh, whenever an older person would come to the door, a lot of times they'd be like, come on in. And they'd be mm -hmm. like, you know, fix your glass of tea. And we're supposed to just knock and go like, we're, yeah. you know, but I, I, I always had like a soft spot because mm -hmm. I wanted to, I knew they were lonely and uh, I wanted to hear their stories. Uh, so that's, that's a really good idea. I would love to talk to him about that. Make sure he's still doing it. Cause that should, that should be done for sure. Yeah, he's super creative. I've been trying to reconnect with him, so hopefully I can. And um, if I can do that, I can connect you guys. Um, see if he's still working on that. Um, cool. So circling back real quick. So it seemed like video, the idea of video and storytelling, that was like an early passion or indicator of like something you wanted to do. Were you doing like you said you did plays? Were you doing that before video, or was that around the same time? No, I, I didn't actually get to start doing the video stuff. Really, uh, we technically had a little uh, home camera that we used a little bit, but mm -hmm. it was more my sister's, and I, I just used it here and there to record random stuff around the house. It was not mm -hmm. any. There was no art behind it at all. Um, mm -hmm. But the plays were like 
something me and my cousins uh, and my sister used to do a lot. Uh, we would put on little uh, plays literally just right here in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we did it in uh, North Carolina with my family there. And we would just have all the family together. And uh, we would put on this little bitty skits. And uh, I did that when I was like, we were, I, was like I don't know, eight, nine, ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever I started being interested in, in being a YouTuber and making videos was like 15 ish or, or 13, 14, 15. And my dad almost bought me a camera. He was like, going to give me a Canon rebel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, you know, I, I know you're interested in photography and video. Um, you know, we should get you this camera. And, uh, and then for some reason he didn't. So, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of, and, and I always look back and I'm just like, man, I wonder what would have happened. Because that's kind of like everyone's like, yeah, I got, I got this camera when I was this age, and I, you know, learned it back then, and then and now they're like, you know, five million subscribers, and they've been mm-hmm. making really great videos, <laughs> and I'm just like, I shouldn't look back, but you know, sometimes you got to look back. And sure. What if, you know, because that now, you know, I learned, I learned videography and filmmaking, mm-hmm. in about a year, like the mm-hmm. basics, uh, and I was like, what if I'd learned that back then? and like kind of already went that direction yeah um but here i am now and like gary v says you know we're young we're yeah young. I'm oh not yeah ready. so you've, you've mentioned youtube a few times outside of julian smith uh were there any other youtubers that were big influences to you and also what about film like were you watching movies before then was there any like specific films that were uh big impacts for you so balloon shop was a big one uh, also another skit, uh, and then Olin Rogers was a, another big one, and uh, I really loved his stuff because of uh, his creativity and telling stories, um, and he's a funny guy, um, and there was a few others probably, but uh, really, when it came to films, I, I was not actually that big into it, like, I was homeschooled, again, mm-hmm. comes back to this a lot because it had a huge impact on certain things, like, I was kind of sheltered, right? So we didn't, we didn't get to watch a lot of movies and stuff. Um, we did, but it was, it was, you know, there was a lot of filtration and stuff, but, um, I do remember growing up, we had a very specifically Christian network that we watched, uh, that was like, uh, specifically made for homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was kind of funny because there was some really like, you know, the guys that make fireproof, right? They made Fire. a mo- fireproof and facing the giants and, uh, courageous I'd have you to look those up. Really? Maybe okay. I, I'd have to look up and see, get more context there. I promise you, anyone that's listening to the podcast probably like <laughs> definitely knows. Uh, these guys are the, the Kendrick brothers. They're really famous for making Christian movies. Okay. And their movies like took off and did like crazy box office earnings. Uh, mm-hmm. But before they did those, they were making these really crappy um, Christian movies. Like there was one called Flywheel. There was one before that. And it was, uh, they, they just, I think they made them in Georgia or Mississippi mm. and they're like really bad acting. Um, script is kind of bad and everything was just kind of bad. And, and we watched a lot of those types of films. And I remember thinking, this is really bad, but it still was entertaining. And I still was like, you know, there was maybe I think there was a certain level to, to going, if the, if these people can make these things that people are watching, even if they're this bad and I'm still entertained by it, like there's still value in it, even if I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it, later in life, as soon as I became a filmmaker, man, I just, I loved uh, movies and cinema. I started like dissecting everything I watched. Mm-hmm. I, I, I watched films much more critically, uh, which became super annoying for my family. 
um, because I'd be like, oh, I know how they did that and things like that. But it's it, there's a lot more value there for me now, for have, sure. Have you watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I watched it without any context. Um, yeah. I had no idea what it was about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched it very confused. And I was yeah. like, why is this such a big deal? And then I like yeah. looked it up and I was like, oh, and I talked to my mom and she was like, yeah, we were alive then. Yeah. And when this all happened and, and, and she, she found it actually kind of fascinating. Um, and I was, I was like, well, it's a Tarantino movie. You don't want to watch it. Um, because I was like, it's a little gory, but, yeah. um, man, it was it, watching it or knowing that afterwards, I was like, wow. Yeah. That was phenomenal. But I love the, I love the part when, uh, it's Leo and Brad and they're just watching the TV, but mm-hmm. you can just hear them talking about it like yep. that yeah i love yep. that yeah because i feel like that's that's me all the time now there's very few movies with uh leonardo that i do not like thoroughly enjoy yeah i'm, I'm a big fan of his um yeah i think i felt the acting and, and i think tarantino is a genius oh He's yeah a mad genius yeah curious uh how many more you know which i think he said he was only gonna do 10 films so i know we're getting there so i'm curious yep. to see whatever his final films may be um Cool. So you you know being I guess being sheltered away or like from film and stuff. Were there any immediate films like you jumped to go see? Like once you kind of you would have uh, thought that I would have that Harry Potter would have been one of those, yeah. but it actually wasn't. I did it, it was a, a years after um, that I kind of decided to start watching them, and I never actually sat down and watched all of them, which is to my shame. I I I, I legit like them. Um, mm-hmm. I just haven't actually sat down and watched all of them through and through. Um, but the, the ones that we were allowed to watch was Lord of the Rings. And, and that's something I've always gone back to watch again mm. and again. Um, and still, in my mind, is probably one of the best uh, stories ever. Oh, uh, yeah. Ever put on film and, and written, even. But, uh, but, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, most of the films we weren't allowed to watch, I still watched just later like 16 ish whenever i was kind of sort of not allowed to mm-hmm. but kind of sort of could mm-hmm. um i was kind of a rebel child um but yeah I, I i was it was more of a like active just you know wanting to watch it than really appreciating it the movie that probably impacted me the most uh, was goodwill hunting though mm-hmm. um because it was the first movie that i watched with that much language in it where i was like whoa this is a good movie and i realized in that moment it's possible to have a movie with just insane amount of language mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and non-Christian plots that mm-hmm. is really good and, yeah. and really impactful. And then Shawshank Redemption was the next one. Just a phenomenal storyline. And uh, the acting was really, really great. And I just, I loved it. And that, was, that was the moment. Those two movies probably were the moment that I changed my viewpoint on movies drastically to open at the door to like, you know, just any old movie yeah. that I watch can, can 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 be super impactful, whether it's Christian or whether it's like perfectly aligned on morals and things like that. Because there's sub morals and there's subplots that that really can connect to people and, and actually have a good impact on them. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Um, I'm still playing catch up on so many classic films. <laughs> um, cool. So, um, moving forward a little bit, I guess. Um. We may have talked about this before, but did you did you do college once you're done with homeschool? No, uh, everyone everyone in homeschool like pretty much does like their their 
they usually get like really high ACD scores and they're like, you know, all my buddies were like going to college and mm-hmm. whatnot. But I was like, no, one, I was not like the high ACD score guy. I was, mm-hmm. you know, more like lower. And I was like, yeah, I don't really, I'm not going to get a scholarship. So I was like, I don't want to go into debt. Those are my two thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was like, I don't want to go to college when I don't know what I want to do and then end up, you know, wasting all this money. Right. And having nothing to gain from, you know? So yeah, no, I didn't. And I don't regret that even a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes I wish that you could go to college classes and you technically can sometimes, but I wanted to take some classes that are really cheap or just sit in, sit in on lectures. That would have been Mm -hmm. really fun. I still do that if I could uh, just sitting in on lectures and whatnot. Economics is a big one that I would love to sit in on. Yeah. Um, And uh, political philosophy. Thanks. Yeah, I'm still you a political know, junkie. <laughs> I feel like so much of that, you know, all you can do is ask. I mean, they can either say yes or no. And, and if you yeah. have a compelling story of like, look, I have so much interest in this and I, I didn't go the college route, but I'd love to just sit in for one day. But then again, you also keep in mind when whenever you get, uh, is it 55 or 65, you basically can go for free. I think so. so it's one of the, I can't remember. What, yeah. So, I mean. I could see myself doing that as well. I can't remember the exact age, but I know you hit an age where mm-hmm. you basically can go. Because uh, I know when uh, when uh, my wife and I graduated, uh, there was someone, pretty sure it was at her university, that was like on X degree. Like that's all they've been doing is just going getting degree after degree after degree, which I thought was pretty cool. Amazing. So, so what did you, did you dump, jump right into video or was this doing more of the political side of things? So I jumped into politics because I had a lot of connections because I was mm-hmm. uh, an activist since I was like 15 uh, or even earlier, really. I technically started when I was 13, but uh, I campaigned all over the country already um, just for free uh, with an organization called Generation Joshua, a bunch of homeschool political activists that, that, that get paid to campaign across the country. So I did that till I was like 18. Uh, I think I did it after I was 18, actually. Uh, and then um, I got married at 19. And uh, I was working just a lawn care job. That's kind of what I've done off and on since I was, when I was a teenager, just in lawn care. And I was just, you know, I was just fine. I wasn't, I wasn't like trying, I wasn't really like ambitious or trying to find anything at the time. And uh, a friend of mine was like, hey, uh, there's this job and it pays like a lot. And uh, it's, it's for Rand Paul. And I was like, because I already told him, I was like, hey, if, if that comes up, if a job comes up for Rand Paul, like I want to, be a part of that because I was a big Ron Paul fan. I'm a, I'm a libertarian, so I was like, you know, super excited to campaign for a candidate that I actually liked. Um, and uh, so, yeah, me and my wife were like, hmm, what if we both got the job? And so, because we just got married, and uh, so I, I had her apply, and they were like, yeah, yeah, she can work too. And uh, they just wanted people, and I was like, sweet. And so I asked my best friend, I was like, hey, man, you should come with us. And so, uh, yeah, he he applied for the job, and so we all went up to Iowa. All were making like really good money. Uh, you had to pay. We had to pay for our own room and board, but uh, it was a really good time because we just got to just be. Uh, we didn't have to worry about finances. We didn't have to worry about anything. It was just you know every day hanging out, knocking on doors. Um, a lot of fun. Really good experience. And then we went to Vegas for the last stretch of it. Uh, we dropped out of the race, uh, unfortunately. But uh, what uh, uh, what year was this? This was this past ele- well. The, I guess what year is that, Jackie? When we were in uh, 15. Did you, interesting. So did you think about blogging any of that? Because wasn't, this was 15, I was around 
like uh isn't that when like casey and i started vlogging around that year I think so. uh, but i didn't i wasn't actually, actually in the casey yet uh, i didn't yeah. even realize he existed i don't think i think i've seen a couple of stuff um but the 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 thought crossed my mind so many times mm-hmm. um and i was like i wish i had a video camera well, I did I, you have a I, smartphone at this time I did, but I was like, I, I had the mindset of, oh, it's not a camera, you know, it's right. not, it's not the right thing. You know? I was, I've never been one of those people who, who takes what they have and works yeah. with it. I'm always like, oh, I need the, I need the better gear, you know. Um, and that was a really bad mindset that I've tried to work out of. But um, I remember there was some other guy who was taking photos for the campaign trail and videos, and I was like, I want to do that. Uh, and I contacted him and it was just like complimenting on his photos and whatnot. Um, and we never talked again, but I was just like, that would be so much fun because you get to travel, you get to, mm-hmm. you know, go around. And I love traveling. It's my biggest passion for mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I really, I really want to do that. Uh, but it just kind of died away as, as, as these little dreams do, those little moments. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Um, it's not going to happen. So I just never did anything about it. I got back home. And then uh, we worked, I worked at Domino's for like a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while I worked at Domino's, I met a guy named Justin there that worked there. He was a manager. And I was just like, we were both like, this is not what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Like we both kind of just started, we were making pizza one day and we looked at each other and we were like, we were literally slapping the dough. And we looked at each other and we're just like, pizza. And like he's like pizza, and I and it was like this moment we clicked. We're just like, this is not something I want to keep doing. Yeah. And we started talking about doing a, a video production business of some sort, uh, mainly with drones. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was like really big at the time. Drones were like all the hype. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah, and I've already bought a drone a, a little while back, and I crashed it, and I kind of gave up on it. But I was still sort of fascinated with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talked, and he was like, well, my dad, my dad is rich and can you know help us get off the ground so he bought us a drone and uh and then he kind of he kind of like went AWOL on me and and justin went and uh, got a job at axiom uh, mm-hmm. i kept the drone and he was like yeah, yeah keep doing the business he's like he's like i'll start editing for you as soon as i get things in order mm-hmm. uh which never happened so it was just me so i learned to edit uh we shot a, a first wedding film it was horrible um but it, we did it for free as for a friend so was that the and, very first video? That was, that was a question I had. Was yeah. Like, what is the first video you made? Like, jump when you started going into your film business? Yeah, there was a wedding film. Okay. Uh, it was really, really bad. Sorry, my kids are fine. Okay. Uh, it was just horrendous. Now, she loved it. So that that says something, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the bride loved it. They were super, super happy for it. They got it for free. And I shot it on an Osmo, which is like a little uh, gimbal camera it's just crappy i had no idea what i was doing uh but i thought it was amazing and uh and i shot it with a drone i actually used the drone while she was walking not down the aisle but kind of towards the aisle because it was an outdoor okay. wedding yeah. and i had the drone up and like looking back i'm like oh uh man um yeah it was an embarrassing <laughs> film but i remember like waiting for like months because i was justin was supposed to edit it and i was like dude you gotta edit this film you gotta edit this. Like, that was his job he, he mm-hmm. already knew how to edit so he's like yeah, yeah i'll get to it he never got to it and i was like i need to get her her, her film mm-hmm. and so i sat down on iMovie mm-hmm. and i edited this film on iMovie and it was 
a lot of cross dissolves um, and a lot of like just really, really bad sound design. So um, yeah, the, the, the film wasn't great, but that was the first time. And then the next one we made, um, we got, we booked a couple in Conway and it was like 400, 400 for that one. And it turned out okay. It would have actually been a lot better, except for the fact that we, when we got there, the venue was like, oh, you can't move. You have to sit in the pew and not move during the ceremony. Uh, it was a Hendrix hmm. where, where they're, they're chapel and they have a rule in the chapel that you cannot move with the camera. Like you have to stay in one spot the whole thing. And so I had to sit in the pew and record through people's heads to, to try to get the kiss and things like that. So there was a lot that was just hmm. not good. Uh, and then I was also still super amateurish, um, but it ended up, ended up being good. She, she still loved the film um, and it kept getting better from there. And we kept on learning and I kept on just watching. Uh, I watched uh, Craig Adams uh, mm-hmm. on YouTube, uh, who on Wedding Film School, the channel. And uh, he taught me everything I knew pretty much. Uh, and yeah, it just kept going. And then, that, then I wanted to branch off into business because I never wanted to stay in weddings. I love weddings and I want to do them forever. Um, but I just want to do more premium weddings um, once, once a month kind of thing. And then yeah. I want to do branch off into brand uh, stuff. And I love the concept of doing uh, doing uh, product videos. I've done a few and I love being able to do it in your house. You have all mm-hmm. creative freedom and things like that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to pushing into that area. Gotcha. So have you started doing that just yet? Or is this something, this is like a plan oh, yeah. for this year? We, we, we started, but, but when you start with product stuff, it's, it's kind of more of a thing, uh, like you do it and mm-hmm. then you, you hope that someone else sees it that wants a video like that, mm-hmm. uh, instead of like, you have to find a client that's like willing for you to, to shoot. Uh, we got, we had a couple, uh, that was like super excited for us to do a video for them. We did the video for them and they were like, yeah, we like it. We love it a lot. Uh, and then we set up the price and they were like, oh no response or, mm-hmm. you know, we're not interested or whatever. Uh, so we, we realized that this is just, it's going to be one of those things you just have to build a portfolio up. So we've yeah. just been doing it and, and having fun with it, uh, learning the, tr- the trade, so to speak. And then we'll just keep doing it until somebody's like, Hey, we want to buy that video or we want you to do one like that. And uh, so forth and so on. So um, I, I think at this point, it's just kind of the same as the wedding game. Uh, mm-hmm. You do one for free, you do one for cheap. Mm-hmm. And then you have a portfolio to show people. Um, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, so many, so many bloggers and filmmakers I follow. That's kind of their their go to approach for aspiring filmmakers. Is you kind of got to look in your area where you're at, and you got to basically you find your Coca Cola. Like, who do you think is going to have the biggest reach for you? And essentially, you're going to do work for them for free mm-hmm. because they're going to have the biggest brand. You do solid work for them. Then the goal is it's kind of you know, everyone else will kind of like, like it and follow and want to, want to work with you. Or, you know, you have that solid relationship. They're a bigger brand. They can connect you with other people or they'll just want to work with you in the future and pay. Yeah. That's what Peter McKinnon said. That was was the moment I really started thinking that way was when Peter McKinnon was talking about product photography and Mm -hmm. how he would just do random photos for random brands that were big and he would tag them on Instagram and just wait. And sometimes they would message him and be like, we love the video, really good mm-hmm. job. Uh, and sometimes they'd message him and be like, you know, we want to buy the video or we want to use it. Or they'd be like, hey, can you take photos of this other product of ours? 
uh, and and it's just grassroots work. You know, it's it's how you build a business uh, yeah. the old fashioned way, and I love it. Um, it's it's challenging and frustrating. Don't get me wrong. That's mm-hmm. the, like getting getting the emails from people being like, "Oh, well, it's not consistent with our brand." When you shot a video of their of their drink mm-hmm. with their color, and that's it. <laughs> like it yeah. was, I did one for uh, for a Scarlet Letter in in Arkansas. Uh, mm-hmm. that, so it's like a seltzer. I've just just learned about them this year. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and I did one. I, I like. I'm talking like super dirt cheap pricing, right? Um, I was like. They were like, we, we don't have a budget for it. And I was like, what about if I did it for this cheap and you just shout me out on, on your Instagram because they have a lot of followers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, yeah, sure. They sent me all this information about the brand, uh, about the drink and everything. And I went and bought the cans. Uh, I, I went and bought them, but they didn't send them to me. Um, and I, I took it to the studio. We made a little video. It was green screened out, you know, just their, their background, their color, their slogan, and their can. And it just like rolls, basically, just a real classic, you know. Oh, it's spinning mm-hmm. and you know, real and, and you know, pretty pretty chill music. Uh, and they said, "Oh, that's not in line with our brand." And I was like, "I've." It wasn't like that. It was not. It was not like you know, fifteen thousand dollar commercial by any means. But it was not bad at all for an Arkansas brand. And I was shocked because I go go through their Instagram and I'm like, "This is not impressive." So mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like they're going to get worse with this, um, but for some reason, some people are just like, "Nah, I'm just not willing to drop fifty bucks on, a, you know, a video." You know, I was like, mm. "Okay." So it is frustrating, but yeah, that's, that's that's how it goes. That's that's interesting. Yeah, you know, I've I've got my own taste of things like that, being in the, being as an app developer primarily. Um, and that's such just a premium service. It's is definitely difficult. Um, that's interesting, yeah. Um, so you you work with your wife, correct? Um, yeah, we started the business together. Y'all started this. I was curious to see, like, you know, when you're kind of getting back to Arkansas and transitioning, did you both just start this together, or uh, did she come in later? It was my thing, um, and I've always had the uh, the goal to kind of build this business up, and it was it was I was I was hoping it would take less time, mm-hmm. but I wanted to get it to a place where I could then fund and supply her. Uh, in-home recording studio because she's a singer uh she's really talented and she's always wanted to sing and i was like this would be really a good way to eventually get the equipment for you to have a really nice studio and i've acquired quite a few things through the years but we just haven't actually set it up different things have always popped up uh but she's just now starting to to sing again anyways uh she's been out of it out of practice for a while so she's singing in conway around mountain like this week actually mm-hmm. um so so I'm, I'm just gonna kind of record her there and just start putting out content of hers uh and, and giving her a channel but yeah we started together it was my thing i was mm-hmm. the one that was like learning everything and all this but it was uh it, it slowly became kind of our thing because we, we she didn't do anything she was a stay-at-home mom so it was just like we're here at home i would mm-hmm. lo- i love to work from home and i was excited about that so i was like all right cool um do you want to do this together? Kind of will, like help me because mm-hmm. I was like I don't I have ADHD and I was like I can't really seem to sit down and edit and I was like can you just help me with the basic parts and then I'll fine tune the edits and that's kind of was was our system for like a mm-hmm. while um, and I brought in Jasper Redden a lot to help mm-hmm. as well um, a good friend of mine Conway he's a talented guy and he uh, he helped kind of shoot second mm-hmm. shoot and uh, edit weddings uh, and photos for me 
uh, but yeah, we both ended up doing kind of everything. And now she shoots. She is the like you know manager of all the mm-hmm. clients pretty much. She um, helps me with editing here and there a little bit. Uh, we're consulting now because I have an editor, so she just kind of like you know I think this should be changed. I think this should be changed. Uh, whatnot but she does basically everything in the business to some extent um so yeah it's really 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 helpful to have someone so smart who can come come alongside and like you know help you in all the areas that mm-hmm. that she worked really hard to like train yourself in and she's just like boom boom you know yeah 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 that that was always my approach like i'm solid developer but i'm not a graphic designer so any any personal apps i always try to like save up money so i can uh go hire a professional graphic designer and make products look beautiful um because i just don't want to just waste that time you know Sure, sure um have you looked isn't there a recording studio downtown there is uh, he's actually a, a friend of mine um but uh we just have a, again just life we yeah haven't gotten the time and i was gonna surprise her with it actually uh last year but uh just never never ended up happening but uh she she recorded a few songs here um with our gear um with jasper and, and uh, michael walsh mm-hmm. but uh she wasn't really happy with them it was more of her but she was like she's really picky about her sound like she she's mm-hmm. she's uh self-conscious and so we're trying to, trying to push her be like you know you just gotta put stuff out so yeah she's starting to tiktok and uh we're gonna start a youtube channel soon just just putting out just music mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to be perfect doesn't have to be studio quality uh, but yeah i do plan to do some stuff with the with the uh guy what's his name now John blank it's a uh, fret monkey Studios yeah, it's Fred, yeah, Fred Monkey, that's right. I don't know uh, them personally. I've never met them. I, I've hung out. I've met, met him quite a few times because I did a. His mother is the one that's in charge of Finger Style Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a guitar festival in North Arkansas, and it's it's. I think they do it all over the world, but they had one in North Arkansas, and uh, I helped by filming the entire event, and uh, so I met him and whatnot. And he's a very talented artist. Um, and filmmaker he does filmmaking and photos i think and music i don't remember yeah if you remember but, just let me know curious he's a really cool cool guy though curious if i know him as well um let's talk about the the name of your business what's the origin around that is there any uh, uh so i'm a i'm a doctor who fan so okay. <laughs> um yeah blue box kind of represented it represented the uh the, the travel side of me because mm-hmm. he travels around in a box and he's an adventurous person who just does and uh, is super creative. So um, it, it, this came after many, many different names and I was just like, I, I kept changing my name or kept on thinking about different names and I kept on asking people like, you know, taking polls like, hey, what do you think about this name? What do you think about this name? And finally, uh, I just was like, I can't seem to find a, a, a name that I like that everyone else likes. Because every time I picked a name, they were like, ah, that's stupid. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to pick a name that means something to me Mm -hmm. that I know I'll always like Mm -hmm. because it means something so much to me. And so I was like, yep, Blue Box. Um, I got thought about TARDIS videography because the actual name of the Blue Box is called TARDIS. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought about all these different names, but I was like, I landed on Blue Box videography. That was it, Blue Box videography. And then we changed it to Blue Rock Studios when we started doing things other than video, photo, and, and graphic design. Uh, so I was like, "Yeah, this this is good." 
and I've, I've really grown to just love it and not worry about what other people think because yeah. it, one of the biggest things that changed my perspective was when I met clients <clears throat> and they were like the TARDIS and I was like you get it yeah uh that that's yeah, happened that's a few moment. times I actually had a client the other day who I was trying to pitch a video to and uh she was not interested and then I handed her a card as I was walking out and she was like Doctor Who and I was like yes <laughs> and uh and now she wants to do a video so I was like yeah uh, it, it was a good choice I think it was it, a lot yeah. of people were like what does that mean but I was like you know I explained to him real quickly and, and then the conversation's over. No, no worries. <laughs> There's so much you could do with that content. You could uh, just create a TikTok and kind of like try to like do, uh, yeah. You know. Doctor, I've never watched Doctor Who. Um, it's it's on on the bucket list. I'll get mm -hmm. to it eventually. Um, it's, it's a very specific type of show. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 I think it's for nerds that are philosophical mm -hmm. and care a lot about like, you know, uh, I don't know, different philosophies and space travel and whatnot, but like, yeah, there's this underlying moral line that, that like follows Doctor Who, which is like, you know, life is precious, mm -hmm. uh, and life is unique, and, and, and it's 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 important, uh, and and that's why I liked it, right? Because I mm -hmm. I follow I started following the Doctor Who at the same time I started following with Ron Paul, libertarian concepts and stuff, and that's kind of what caused me to just go that direction, mm -hmm. uh, and I, I could not get my friends to watch it for the longest time. Everyone was like, this is the worst, most corny show ever. But I finally got my best friend to watch it. And now it's one of his favorite shows as well. So yeah. I feel like I have complete success. There you go. Get one. Yeah. In regards with like shows that have such a massive audience um, that I haven't seen, it'd be like Doctor Who and The Office. Um, which I, I, whoever listens to this, I'm probably get a lot of hate, but um, <laughs> I will get to those eventually. At least they're, you're not one of those people that watch The Office and then hate on it. Like that's those people are, yeah, they they they're problematic. <laughs> uh, so what's uh let's let's a uh, few more questions we can wrap this up. Um, what are like some big objectives you have for your business going into this year into next year? That's a good question. Um, I'm kind of just flow, going with the flow right now because I don't know what what's going to happen. But I, it, what I see happening is moving uh, into really heavily into weddings like we already are, but like mm -hmm. continuing that trend of, of being really heavily into weddings uh, and pushing into more high-end weddings. And then uh, music videos. I see that actually being a potential. Uh, I, I just had a client who um, did a little couple videos for her husband's band and, uh, and her friend's band. Or, yeah, she's a singer. And uh, she's like, I want to do a music video as well. So we're going to keep discussing that. If I do that music video, I have a feeling that I'm going to love it and I'm going mm -hmm. to want to do more. Um, and then I'll try to do one for my wife. And then if I have those two music videos to showcase, maybe I can start doing more music videos. Mm -hmm. um, music videos are kind of difficult in Arkansas because a lot of the artists in Arkansas don't have a budget, really, mm -hmm. um, especially for the kind of quality that I like to, to give. Uh, but I'm going to just try my try my best at it and see what yeah. happens because i would love to do music videos yeah it's a fascinating thing um had plenty of nights just driving home later in night and i just see people shooting move music videos all throughout town mm -hmm. so yeah. it, it it happens here um yeah it's cool um 
yeah, I'll have to think on that. Um, I, I've got a connection to a few musicians, so we can uh, chat about that later if you want. For sure. Um, going into like Arkansas specific, I mean, do you have any kind of, you know, what's it like running your business in Arkansas? And, you know, do you have kind of like a vision for your business in Arkansas or things you want to do to elevate Arkansas, especially central Arkansas? So um, we discussed uh, when we met there a couple weeks ago about how I had this vision for a studio, uh, kind of a creator studio in mm -hmm. central Arkansas. That's where I was going to go. But now that the studio downtown exists um, and they're going to be expanding and, and, and whatnot, I think she's taking the mantle that I kind of was wanting to take. And I'm fine with that. I'm excited to see, uh, see someone so creative uh, take mm -hmm. hold of that idea. Um, and, I'm probably going to just lean into maybe doing events. Blue Box Studios might expand into doing events in, in downtown. My big goal, though, overall, like the 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 kind of the the, the the string that keeps it all together, and what I'm wanting to accomplish here is that I want Conway and Central Arkansas, especially, but all of Arkansas, mm -hmm. to kind of become more innovative and more yeah. creative because yeah. I think that we've become stagnated and there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people here that have, uh, have the potential to, to do great things. And, uh, because we're in Arkansas, I think they either move away or, um, uh, they just, they just kind of just don't jump on their dreams. And they don't really try because it's Arkansas and there's not, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of support for it. So I want to change the narrative in Arkansas to where people go, okay, this, this little film, this short film came out of Arkansas. Um, you know, this, this company, this blogger, this whatever, I want people to see Blue Box Studios and everything that comes from Blue Box Studios um, and be like, wow, that was creative for Arkansas. And, yeah. and, I, and then I want the narrative to change to be like, yeah, that's just Arkansas. They're, they're creative people. Because I think Arkansas has an insanely creative uh, populace. Like Fayetteville, there's tons of people there that are super creative. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think that that no one's tapping into it really and, and pursuing it because uh, we kind of got this you know, nobody hick town kind of concept that everyone thinks of us as. And I just don't think that's accurate. I mean, yeah. Georgia, if you look at Georgia, there's tons of creatives in Georgia and Atlanta. I think Arkansas yeah. can be just as creative. As sure. Before. You look at it like so many things are filmed in Georgia but I mean yeah going diving into that you know you got you know if you look at just film specifically like we probably have Jeff Nichols as like one of the biggest Arkansas advocates because he likes filming here he's from here um you know so, so now like top of my mind is with him on board for Quiet Place Part 3 is that going to be filmed here right um yeah. Yeah. if it's going to be like a spinoff so yeah I'd love uh, to see like clark duke do more for arkansas since he's from hot springs and you know even though his film arkansas isn't really based in arkansas um i know it's still a big nod to that um, so we'd love to see that yeah um no i, I dig that um so like one thing my wife and i've been chatting about a lot lately is if you look at kind of like our going outside of our downtown area um through like oak street it's like not very exciting there's just a right. lot of empty space you know we thought you know why doesn't someone turn some of that into like the food truck area like why can't you do like food trucks and live music and hang out there yeah and yeah. kind of extend out that way there's a lot of potential uh i think i think oak street and just just so many different areas of conway that if they actually invested we talked about this slightly i think that management in Conway, um, I hope they don't listen to this, but I, I think at the, the management in Conway and the people that uh, kind of run the show 
are uh, unfortunately not super creative uh, and they're not very, um, I don't think they're thinking too futuristic. I think they're very like, oh, well, this other town over here is doing it, they're copycatting. I think we could really, really uh, do it some more creative. We have three colleges here. Yeah. Um, there's no reason we can't really be taking advantage of that. And, and it would boom the economy. Uh, like, yeah. I, I love the food truck idea. Something mm-hmm. like that, um, you know, having live live music stage that yeah. people actually use. Downtown's nice, but like there needs to be a, another area that people can just go and like have events. And we have multiple areas. Like we do, we definitely have the downtown area, but why can't we have one just a little ways away where you have different vibes, right? If you want to mm-hmm. go do a dine-in restaurant, you can go do that. Walk right outside. There'll be music and art and stuff. Or you can go down the street where there's food trucks and you can just go sit out with your friends, be able to drink, listen to music, um, just kind of have that kind of vibe. Of course, be supervised yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of my biggest things is like i'm i've become so much of a foodie and like i love the food scene in little rock little rock has just amazing food amazing chefs and not to you know hate on like conway there are some good places but it's not as elevated as little rock that i'd love to see (laughs) sorry one sec no you gotta get my wife she's dealing with three kids (laughs) we can yeah we can wrap this up so no we're good i think it's i think it's just long here people all good no this will be a super entertaining episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah there was was a lot lot, this kind of reminds me that uh that uh meme with with the little video of the guy uh on tv and his son comes in the door in the background yeah uh and and his his wife like comes in like grabs comes out like he's just like uh I record, uh, I've got another podcast that I'm a co-host on. We talked about Marvel content and usually it's in the evenings and I always have to like forewarn, like kids are up, like when yeah. they hear background noises, um, it's yeah. always cool. Good it's fun. always fun. Like at this day and age, like. It's yeah. Been- and people are chill with it because of COVID, yeah. like everyone's been having meetings within their, in their house. Like, everyone, yeah, it's a, it's a joke now. <laughs> right. So, uh, two more questions and we can wrap this up. So the first one, um, through what you've done so far with your experience, and this is really going to be for like, if I, if we can get some like aspiring filmmakers, entrepreneurs to listen in, what are some of the big aha moments for you? Like what were some of the fail moments that you learned from that you think uh, would benefit others? Hmm, that's a good question. So like in my business or like filmmaking in general? Any of that, oh, whatever, gotcha. whatever, like, like any, any big aha moments that stand out to you? Uh, so a big one would be like where so this is more of a, a, a kind of a philosophy that I tried to change my mentality. I like I said before, I went into things really gear focused and be like, I gotta have the next thing. I gotta have this year to be able to accomplish this. You know, watch people like getting Casey and I said on these two like they have this camera, they have this, they have this, and I'm just like, I want to have like all of that. Um, and then one day I was like. I watched some, some video done by, uh, I think it was Cody Warner, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and and I was just like, this guy, this guy's mentality is completely different. It's just create. That's whenever that was a big moment of me realizing that I've been failing, my, I've been failing myself, I've been failing my business um, because I was constantly trying to expand in in ways without expanding gear without expanding my knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of I had stagnated in my 
in my knowledge. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to invest. And so I invested in full-time filmmaker, which is a, uh, a filmmaking course uh, put out by Parker Wolbeck, one of the best filmmakers out there. Um, a great YouTuber. Dude started out with like $500 and like five years later, he has $5 million in the bank um, because he, he just, he took what he had and he started making films and he just, just did everything right. And he just kept on pushing um, and he never stopped creating content. And so I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I need to just create more content. That was, that was one big thing. And then the other thing that I learned was like, I've got to stop. I got to get outside of my head and just start networking. So doing this kind of stuff and, and just talking to other people. Um, two things came from that, right? I struggled from depression. And so um, depression, and anxiety, then I have ADHD. Uh, and, and so uh, my personality kind of tends to be like, okay, I'm an extrovert sort of, but like, I don't want to actually talk to people. It's this weird thing. Like when I actually am talking to people, I feel charged up and it's, it helps me but I have anxiety about starting the conversation. So I wasn't good at networking. Um, and finally I was talking to a couple of friends of mine and they were like, you gotta get out there, dude. you gotta start networking. And that was when I started, I started going to coffee shops and just talking to people. And some of the best connections I made, I made uh, some connections to a couple of YouTuber brothers in Conway just a few weeks ago. Um, and we ended up doing like two videos together and we we're gonna collab more. And they're like, they have like 102,000 subscribers. And, mm -hmm. um, these guys are, these guys are amped and I'm like, I love their energy. And I'm like this, I would never have met these people if I hadn't been, you know, networking and being out, being willing to talk to people. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big thing is, is just being willing to connect with other people. Um, a lot of times I felt this like, okay, we're in Arkansas. I kind of bought into it. I was like, there's nobody, everyone that I know of that's creative um, is the only ones that are out there that are creative. Like I didn't even know you existed really. I didn't know that, but, like I was just kind of in my own niche and I was like, there's not very many creative people in Conway. And then I, I started going out to coffee shops and started like talking to people. And, and I was like realizing things were happening. Like I didn't even know about the studio until you told me uh, them expanding. And I was like, that was really encouraging. Uh, I won't like, I won't be dishonest and say that I wasn't a little disappointed because I plan to create that studio. And I, I specifically had, had an eye for that space. But now that I've thought about it, I'm just like super excited just to see it happen, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's now just changing my mindset to be more focused on connecting with other people and uh, trying to bring their strengths with my strengths. And uh, I think that a lot more can happen and uh, I can actually push push Conway towards Conway and Arkansas towards a more creative, creative space. Definitely. Yeah, I agree 100%. Cool. All right. Well, where can people find you online? Uh, Blue Box Videography. I'm sorry, BlueBoxStudios.net. Uh, still, still getting used to the name change even after a year. Uh, but BlueBoxStudios.net is our website. Um, but check us out on Instagram, Blue Box Studios, uh, and Blue Box Weddings. We have two different Instagrams. Um, we we love shooting weddings. And if y'all know anyone that uh, has a wedding film coming up and they really want someone that's creative and, and relaxed hit us up um, we, we, we just really dove in and uh, our editor is super passionate about it and uh, so we're, we're looking to find some creative weddings that people are just wanting to create something really unique we're down for that so awesome. yeah cool well i'll link it all below appreciate it man. yeah thanks so much for the time today yeah have a good one all right. Thank you so much for listening to this new episode of Take 25. I really hope you enjoyed it. 
So I ask that you please go check out Blue Box Studios. Their link to their website and all of their socials will be below. So if you are interested in finding someone to film your wedding or need any marketing or commercial type help, please go check out their website. Please reach out to their team. Uh, they would be happy to help you out. Um, once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please be sure to subscribe, follow, like, all of that good stuff. It helps the algorithms to help promote this episode. Please share this with your friends. Uh, please be sure to tag any friends that you may know that are getting married or any musician friends that are looking for a music video. would love to get them connected with Blue Box Studios. Once again, thank you so much. Um, if you are interested in being a guest on this show, please be sure to reach out to me. I'm going to try to make more of a uh, official approach to this, whether it's some kind of like uh, contact form or something like that. I will get there, but for now, you can connect with me on social. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at the Luke Irvin. Um, I'll link everything below. But yeah, would love to have more guests. Um, got a few I'm reaching out to that I hope I can get scheduled soon. Uh, so yeah, having a lot of fun with this. So thank you once again. Once again, be sure to go check out Blue Box Studios. Check out all my past episodes as well. Some of the campaigns from my past episodes are still live. So be sure to go support those. That would mean a lot to those creatives. So we'll see you next time. Have a good week. Yeah. In 2010, thought I was doing something. And now I'm rapping with a crew or something. I guess the track don't.